You found the Love Fly podcast. I'm Paul Tizard, fear of flying coach. I've been helping nervous flyers since 1997. And in this podcast, you will find aviation experts, enthusiasts, and also people just like you that have beaten their fears. A massive welcome to you and thank you so much for listening. Today we're talking about care in the air, which is a bit cheesy, but we're talking about what's available to people when you're up flying across the oceans, what's available medically. Now, today I'm joined by a fantastic company called Medair, who will be able to tell us a little bit more about some of the amazing help that's available to people. Uh, welcome. Now, so let's do a quick whiz round the virtual room. Who'd like to go first? So maybe we'll go with Arlem. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, everyone. I'm Alan, and I'm based in the London office of Medair International SOS. And I've been with Medair for the f- almost five years now, and uh, I'm an account manager. Christopher. Hi, Chris Potter. I'm the uh, the head of marketing for Medair based on Phoenix. And uh, yeah, happy to be here. Thank you very much. And Dr. Lee. Thank you, Paul. Uh, my name is Dr. Dimash Shinwadli. Uh, I'm currently the Deputy Medical Director for Medair, uh, based in our Johannesburg Response Centre. I initially joined International SOS as a coordinating doctor focusing on air ambulance evacuations and providing uh, telemedical support to offshore rigs and remote sites. That kind of background piqued my interest in aviation medicine, and uh, after co- uh, completing my aviation medical examiner course in 2019, I joined the Medair division as the deputy medical director. Excellent. So we're very good hands today. Well, okay. So let's let's get into it then. We're so we're talking about Medair, and a lot what a lot of people don't realise, particularly nervous flyers are concerned about this. Is like what's help what's help is available to them when they're up there should the the unexpected happen, and. I thought we'd just rewind before we get into sort of like practical things. Like, just tell us a little bit about Medair, why you started, when you started, and how it all works. And we'll just see where we go from there. Who'd like to kick off? I can. I can. Uh, I can start with that question. So, just to, I'd like to summarize Medair presence in this in, in the aviation industry as a company that would like to save lives. It has been made and has been funded to save lives. It has been founded by uh, a nurse, flying nurse, and uh, uh, it has been founded after an incident that uh, she took part of uh, where a child uh, lost his life. And so she decided to, you know, to, or she wanted to have a, a, a to do something in, in the business to make a difference. And uh, that's how Medel came up. Um, and the main objective, in fact, is to save life, uh, save lives and to ensure that people fly uh, safely and have the the assistance needed during during the flight and other type of services that uh, help the airlines doing their operation uh, from start to finish. Amazing! What a great service! That's a great story. So, how long ago was that? So it's more than thirty five years. I think it was eighty uh, nineteen eighty five or nineteen right. two. Right. Okay. Well, that, that's a that's a lovely. I mean, a sad reason to start, but what a great thing to come out of uh, such yeah. tragedy. It is actually a book as well for those who don't who wants to 
to know more about our founder um, as well. And there is a there is a book that uh, talk about uh, the entire story of uh, of John of Meder and and how everything uh, unfolded. So the next question in my mind is really what 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 do you offer? Give us an idea of how we might benefit from the service that you offer on and you know is it on every airline that sort of stuff that would be really helpful for them quite very reassuring yeah absolutely so first of all the book is one life lost millions gained the story of john sullivan garrett and uh, second matter offers multiple service to the airline and not just to the airline actually to the airline as well to the private aircraft, as well as to the maritime industry and luxury yacht. And what we want to do is to ensure that the operations are made safely from the medical point of view, as well as from the security point of view. So passengers are fully covered, crew members, when they are on the ground, they have full assistance of, uh, from, uh, from MEDER. From um, the medical point of view, they have someone on the background taking care of them from the beginning until the end. And from the security point of view, there are plenty of stuff that airlines need to prepare for before uh, having that uh, that aircraft on the flight. So we support those airlines and um, private jets as well with those type of operation. Uh, but actually, the main uh, one of the main or the main uh, service of Medair is the in-flight service, which allows passenger to fly from one destination to another, and which allow crew member to to manage any medical instance or any medical uh, case, thanks to a uh, uh, doctor assistant uh, that is uh, um, specialized in the aviation environment um, to take hundreds of calls every day. These, these uh, doctors have taken thousands of calls during their work with us. Um, so they know how uh, the um, aviation environment is, and also they would be able to advise the commander on eventually, you know, the, the first things, the first action to be to be taken uh, during uh, uh, the medical event, as well as if a diversion is needed because of the health uh, events that there is on board, then we'd be able to advise what is the best wow. airport to uh, land in. Because there might be uh, there might be an airport that is quite uh, close uh, to where the aircraft is, but uh, that particular airport might not be the best one for the event that we're having uh, at that moment. So, so it's quite a complicated or comprehensive uh, service that we offer to our clients. Nice. So that was really good. Now I'm thinking that's a really practical level. So I'm flying aircrafts and I'm thinking, I want to know, will, will every airline be covered by this amazing service you do? And then if I am on that aircraft and I become unwell, how does it all work? What's the sort of nuts and bolts of the system? Yeah, I can, I can, uh, I can start, and uh, maybe Doctor Lee can add to that as well. Um, so, if something happens in flight and crew member realize what's going on, they, they, they the first thing, uh, depending also on the protocols and the procedures of the the, the client, but for example, in case of uh, Virgin, they would call us first of all. Yeah. Um, so we. Uh, the Virgin has a dedicated line that they can use, the crew member can use. They will talk to a communication specialist at the beginning that uh, will, ca will capture a um, few questions, just for example, age, history, uh, medical history of, 
for uh, history of traveling. And then after that, crew member will go straight to the meddling doctor who uh, will uh, ask additional questions to understand what's going on, what's happened. And eventually based on the responses that the crew member provided, the medical um, professional will advise the crew member on how to deal with the, with the, with the case. And it's not just one call. Um, there might be, there might be multiple batches or multiple calls for the same case um, during the journey until the destination. Okay, that's great. So people will be thinking, so does every airline have this type of backup service? Yes, uh, some airlines do. Uh, the majority of uh, major airlines, especially the lo- those ones that operate long haul, do. For example, in Europe, some short or low-cost airlines might not. Yes. Well, also with the shorter flights, you can get down and you, you're, you're over more land, etc. So probably the, the need might not be so great as when you have long-haul flights where you are flying over large expanses. I mean, the crew are very well trained, but I know there are certain situations where you might want that extra bit of help. So maybe we can cut to Dr. Lee. Perhaps tell us about how your part of the service works. Yeah, sure. Well, Meda's offering extends beyond mere in-flight medical assistance. Our comprehensive approach to aviation safety and well-being begins before the passenger boards the plane. At the gate, our medical team conducts a fit-to-fly assessment designed to identify and address potential health concerns before they escalate into emergencies on board. While in flight, Medair provides medic- emergency medical assistance tailored to the unique environment of an aircraft at altitude. Our experienced medical doctors are able to guide crew through the critical and common illnesses and injuries that might occur during the flight utilizing the medical kits available on board as well as the medical equipment to triage the situation and provide immediate medical assistance and advice to that crew member and passenger. Okay, that's very good. So someone's on board, they have become unwell, you know, so I know we've, I know they call, and Alan's already talked about that, let's go out now, but at a more sort of really practical level, what do they pick up? What can they, what can they send you that look at how does all that sort of work because i think that'd be quite reassuring for people to understand that well it depends on what mode of communication that's used by the aircraft if it is a satellite call the crew is in direct contact with the physician on the ground the media meddling physician and we can assess that medical situation with real-time data so what's the blood pressure the heart rate of the passenger itself what's the medical condition And we have real-time access to the medical kits available on board. And for example, in Virgin Atlantic uh, flights, there's not just a medical kit, but there's other medical equipment, such as an AED or an ECG, so that an ECG can be sent through to the medical physician on ground. We can assess that ECG and assess if, in essence, if a passenger is having a cardiac event in flight. This is very, very reassuring because... We have talked about crew training that happens at some of the, the medical training that they go through, the aviation medicine, how much, how extensive it is compared to your typical first aid course. It's just like it's you know, a whole other level. Uh, I think this will be really, really helpful for people because it's hard to understand that when you're up there 
what the sort of assistance that is available and knowing what bits of equipment and there's people like you at the end of a phone. Uh, I think that's that's massively helpful. So, so I wonder if, if you would, perhaps you could share some stories of some success stories of how this has been used in the past. Well, I think some interesting medical cases that we've come across over the recent years is that uh, we assisted in the delivery of babies during flights. In the past two years, we've had two remarkable instances where our physicians have provided remote medical support to the flight crew and medical professionals on board uh, to, de- to deliver a baby. Well, that's pretty cool. And I mean, it it really varies. So we, we see the kind of in-flight medical emergencies range from, range from your common ailments such as uh, nausea or vomiting, and that has real-time access where we could prescribe something from the kit available in flight to something more serious. And as I say, a really common scenario that we do see is that a cardiac event or potential myocardial infarction or heart attack, so a passenger presenting with chest pain. And I think as we see that the aviation industry evolves and how media is integrated in that process, the utilization of ECGs and in-flight cardiac monitoring gives us a really in-depth kind of data point to make a more informed decision on not only treatment, but uh, potentially if the passenger requires further care on the ground. That's amazing. So you can literally take these readings using the equipment on board, and then that's sent to you to be able to observe it as if you were in a, a hospital with them same sort of quality yes wow. with the with the with the integration of technology like something like an ecg at altitude it comes down through to us a 12 read ecg to uh, the physician team for uh, medias medlink uh, global response center and we can review that and assess that in addition to the vitals that we do see so in the air while you're in the cabin we would still be able to get a blood pressure reading a heart rate uh, saturation of the passenger as well and we use all of that with an integrated history of the passenger's complaint as well as the medical background to make an informed decision on what's required next this is just i mean a lot of people have got to be very reassured by this haven't they you know, just to think there's people like you as part of this response team that are able to offer this type of help i think it's remarkable absolutely remarkable I wanted to ask about what can't you do these days? Because it sounds like you can pretty much do everything, but there must be something that you think, oh, no, we need to divert for that, or uh, we can't we can't do this on board with the whatever's available. So, so, so that's what I'm curious about. I know this is probably the question you, you don't want to be asked, it's, but it's the question that I'm nervous as thinking, oh, yeah, but what about this? Well, in severe medical emergencies that require immediate medical attention, Media plays a crucial role in making that decision for medical diversion. Say, for example, that somebody's having ongoing chest pain and, and potentially having a heart attack. Once we make that assessment and make the, that, have that clinical inf- information, in collaboration with the pilot as well as operations, mm-hmm. our medical uh, team evaluates the situation and a multifaceted decision is made on whether to divert the flight or not. As with everything in aviation, safety always comes first, and all aspects are considered, including the medical condition, the operational requirements, and the available facilities on the ground. Ultimately, the pilot 
really plays a vital role in this process. And as they must balance the individual passengers' needs with the overall safety of the flight, but we are there to guide and uh, to provide that guidance and ensure that decision is made uh, from a well-informed standpoint and aligned with the best practices. That is that's great, and and is cost a factor in that decision matrix? I think it's more about the safety of it's always safety first. So it's this it's basically made on the medical condition. Yeah. And what is the situation of the flight? So where are we in the flight plan? What's the diversion options? What's the capacity of the air, uh, of the aircraft to land at that facility or that air, airport? And this multifaceted. So what's the situation on the ground? Is the airline safe? All of these aspects are reviewed and vetted in real time so that the best decision is made for the passenger and for the crew. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it, it feels like a bit of a stinker of a question. And as I said it, I felt bad. But I, I know that somebody who's listening to this podcast will think that they'll think that, you know, like cost. It's all about cost. And, and, and But I love your answer that it's always about safety first. And then there were so many other things that are considered. That's very reassuring. Because we always used to hear this thing, you know, they do it in films, don't they? Is there a doctor board? I know they've changed that now to say, is there a medically qualified volunteer or something similar to that. That's sort of the, the recent lingo, as far as I'm aware. Uh, what if there isn't? What if it's just the crew and the pilots? Is that enough to still do all the things that you've just said? Well, I think from a medical emergency, if there's, an, it's never great to have a medical emergency or medical concern, but I think in an environment on an aircraft, I think you are, passengers are in very good hands with either the crew or the pilots because they are have extensive training from a first aid perspective so that they are kept up to date and they are very well equipped to deal with any medical emergency or condition with the aid of a ground-based support such as Medair so that we can, the best interest of the passenger is attended to. Yeah, no, that's really nice to know. I've always said that, but I think it's it's great to hear it from other professionals because it really reinforces that message. I know that's something that Alan said earlier, but I think Chris, when we were doing our initial conversation before this podcast episode, one of the things that you said, and if you remember this, and I really like this, is like, don't forget that when we're thinking about which hospitals to go to, we will know if there's like seven around Chicago that they will know which one's the best one because we'll know that there's traffic that we need. If we're going to get an ambulance to go from that airport to certain, I remember you saying something about that. Can you remember that story last time? Perhaps you could embellish upon that. The capabilities around airports all over the world. And, you know, there are the major airports that most people know about, but um, also many smaller airports that can handle large aircraft landing at it. And if necessary, and it is the closest location to get the best support, we will land there in order to avoid things like traffic or uh, maybe that hospital is, uh, is shut down because of the pandemic or, or other things, right? There are other factors that that take place in real life uh, and in real time that can impact uh, some of those decisions. That's great. Thank you for that. Because I, I knew we said it before. I want to make sure that comes out. I said, and Alan did say it earlier, look, touched on it but I just thought that I really was impressed last time but the it's just the level of thought that you will go to to keep us all safe up there so can I ask some more stinker questions 
So, right, what happens? What do you do if you're in the middle of the Pacific or Atlantic Ocean and you have a medical emergency? Well, Paul, when an aircraft flies over a vast oceanic region such as the Pacific or Atlantic, uh, the challenges of handling a medical emergency becomes complex. But Medea's comprehensive approach shows that crew and passengers are never alone, even the, in at the most re, uh, remote parts of the world. So, what we normally do is the flight crew can connect to Medea's MedLink Emergency Response Center, yeah. which is staffed by the medical emergency physicians and medical experts through satellite communication. So, in that instance, we provide real-time guidance to the crew to assess the situation and advise on the best course of action utilizing the medical equipment and kits on board. Great answer. Okay, then, so what about then, one more stinker of a question, then we'll do the the, the wrap-up question at the end. So what if the satellite communication fails? Uh, how else could you communicate? So in the unlikely event that communication systems fail during a flight, uh, MEDE, in partnership with the airlines, have implemented a robust and diverse communication strategy to ensure that medical support remains accessible. The combination of advanced technology and long-standing communication tools provides redundant connectivity links between MedLink, the dispatch, and the aircraft. Multiple communication channels such as satellite communication, voice over internet protocol, and ACAS, which is the aircraft communication addressing and reporting system, are yeah. all modes of communication that uh, the aircraft can be used uh, to connect through to the meta support system on the ground. Ah, oh, there you go. This is, that's the question that people ask. It's the what if, what if. That's a brilliant answer. This is a time not to be modest. Okay? I'd like you to boast. How many lives do you think we've saved? Um, um, and also, yeah, there's another stat I'm quite interested in. Is how many times have you prevented an unnecessary diversion. But, you know, like some sometimes people mistake, as you know better than I would, panic attacks for heart attacks and things like that. So, yeah. So the first one is how many lives you reckon saved, and how many how many diversions, unnecessary diversions you think stopped. I don't know who know the answer to that. I'll take a, a shot at it. Uh, so go for it. Business is is a bit different. We can't necessarily attach a lives saved. Uh, metric to what we do we are a part of this system until we hand over to the public health system in, in any of these locations right so Medair uh makes sure that we get the unwell passenger to emergency response services and on to the best hospital but from that moment we don't know more there are some times that people will reach out and give thanks or try to contact us and we do have some of that information, but not in a way that we would tabulate or, or anything to that, that effect. We have uh, helped with over 500,000 in-flight medical events in, uh, in our history. And we, wow. as a part of that, those 500,000 events, only 2% of those generally resulted in a diversion. Whether or not that's necessary or unnecessary is, is also a, a bit nuanced as well. So the pilot is responsible at the end of the day and make that call. We make a medical recommendation and we tell them exactly where they can go. But there are, in some cases, 400 other people on that aircraft and a lot of other factors involved. And so the pilot may decide that 
he wants to divert, regardless of Medir saying we could go on to destination, he could decide to not divert because due to other factors, right, that are that are um, we're not privy to. And we wouldn't say that that is a necessary or unnecessary. But we do eliminate the need for unnecessary diversions. So what we would say MedLink, one of our primary value propositions are to get uh, the flight to its regularly scheduled destination and make sure that the people on board are safe in doing so. And also to mention that the one, the in-flight is just one piece of meddling. There is also the one other piece, which is the passenger fit to fly. So this is done even before boarding and it just, and the purpose of it, they just to avoid future medical events during the flight. So this is done previously to, to the flight or previously, previous to the, um, to the passenger being in the aircraft. Yeah. Um, and it is done by the crew member that called us in case they feel that, that the passenger is feeling well or might have a medical, uh, you know, medical factor or medical issue. So, um, they call us for recommendation or advice on that. Okay. Very good. This is massively reassuring folks. I and mean, I know that people listen to this will, will be so pleased to hear about sort of the level and the. The amount of thought that's gone into just keeping passengers safe, I think it's quite my, and I've learned something as well by talking to you. So thank you for that. And I'm just going to ask for, you know, you could say anything you like, but I would just like to say uh, thank you for what you do. And say, if you had to give one kind of, well, give more than one if you want, but any advice that you'd like to give to nervous flyers listening to this who are concerned about anything medically, when it comes to flying, a little nugget of wisdom for them. One advice from my side is it, it, it can be, it, it will be difficult, but they can be 100% reassured and uh, being on, on a flight and flying um, is, is safe. And if they go, if they actually look at the statistics, it's more safe than being on the ground and driving a car. So. Uh, traveling at the moment is there are so many protocols and procedures also from the security perspective that is done um, before flying. So, and also from the medical perspective. Um, so they are in good hands. Absolutely. Nice. Love that. That's a, that's a good mic drop as, you, as we would say. So Chris or Dr. Lee, can you follow that? Well, Paul, I think really important is that uh, passengers should be re- uh, reassured that Airlines like Virgin Atlantic have like, have integrated solutions, really accessible kits, and with the ground support that Medair provides, we have an integrated approach that really uh, the passengers should be assured that they should something happen prior to boarding a flight or in flight that they have accessible care to to ensure that their safety and health is a priority. And um, I hope that uh, kind of uh, gives them some sort of reassurance because it's really an integrated solution where the passengers uh, are very well taken care of, uh, not only from uh, the kits and the mid-link and mid-air support, but as well as from the training from the crew members who are really robustly trained to ensure that uh, the safety of uh, passengers is a main priority. Brilliant. That's great. 
Now, okay, so Chris, you've got you've got to follow that now. <laughs> I, I I'll echo both of what uh, Alden and, and Doctor Lee have said. The thing to know is, especially in the case of a, of a medical emergency, they are rare. But when you when they happen, they're they're visual. You see them, and it's something that you you might hear about in the news. But the, the thing to note most is that the flight crew is highly trained in a lot of different things beyond just medical, you know, first response, but emergency training and really focused on passenger and cabin safety. And when you get on board that aircraft, most of the time your interactions with a flight attendant might be, you know, food and beverage or some sort of service um, aspect. You don't always see everything that they're capable of doing, but you should be well taken care of on that flight because they have hours and hours of training, hours and hours of experience, and they have to redo that training every year to make sure that when they do get on that plane, that you have the best experience and that it is the safest experience uh, for all involved. You didn't disappoint there, Chris. That was great. I've always said, and you, Sheree, have really confirmed this, that if you're planning to be unwell, do it on an aircraft. Because if you're out about normal cities or towns and something happens to you, the chances of getting help when you need it to this level is pretty slim. Yet when you go on an aircraft, you've got all these highly trained professionals up there and also on the ground that are here to look after you. So I'm really, really grateful for your time. And it's a little bit of an insight into what Medair does and what a great service that you offer to passengers. So thank you very much. Really, really grateful. Alan, Chris, and Dr. Lee, thank you so much for giving your time today. Brilliant. Really good. Thank you, Paul, for having us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Love Fly podcast. I hope you're finding it helpful with your fear of flying. Now, if you do need some extra tailored help, you can go to our website, lovefly.co.uk, and click on the courses button. You'll find more help there, such as our 30-day program and our on-demand webinar. Thanks again. See you next time.